I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Live Today Live. We are in that limbo state where we believe Roe versus Wade will be overturned, but it has not been overturned officially yet, so we remain optimistic despite uh, the uh, protests. Uh, The radio this morning when I was driving, they said that that, uh, pro, what do they call them, pro-choice supporters are rallying outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. I'm like, yeah, that's a little that's that's a little sweetened up and polished. Uh, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about it. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. I know I talked about this about this Monday, but today I have a guest that is this is this is where he lives. Uh, he's the CEO, president, co-founder of Forty Days for Life. He's been on before. I enjoy talking to him. Sean Carney is with me. I have to say one thing uh, before before I get to Sean. Um, I had somebody comment that, you know, it would have been okay for your mother to abort you because you wouldn't have known the difference. And I thought, well, you know, I get hit by a semi-blindsided, I don't know the difference either. I don't know that that is really a good thing. And I thought, you know, my, my four kids and with their four wonderful spouses, they, they would know the difference. My wife would know the difference. Uh, and this little guy that I'm going to show you would know the difference because today is my 31st anniversary credit my wife um and and, you know after 31 years of being married uh because of the choice that a woman with an unwanted pregnancy an unplanned pregnancy had to give me up for adoption uh this little guy's here this is my first grandson uh and he is the uh just don't argue with me He's, he's the cutest kid in the world so that's just the way it is but you look at you look at abortion and you think okay how many people aren't here because of this line that has been sold in our society that it's a clump of cells or it's a woman's choice we're we're radically impacting our world with abortion and so we're going to talk about lots of different things sean thank you for taking the time i always enjoy talking to you and this is a a big time for all of us in the pro-life movement but it's not it's not the end game it's sort of the beginning it really is. <clears throat> I mean, Roe v. Wade should have never been decided. It was bad law, as Ginsburg said. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor said it was on a collision course with itself, and we saw that collision course because in order to survive, Roe needed to not only be bad law but live in 1973 science and ignore all science since 1973, which is very difficult to do. So um, it, it was overturned. I would also say when you see the leaked uh, opinion from Alito and you <clears throat> you see um, what he wrote, uh, which everybody should read. Um, they didn't they're not going to merely overturn Roe and Casey. They really took it out and, and gave it a, the beating that it deserved uh, <laughs> as as bad law. And so um, it was it was very well written. And I think it will be overturned. It's a great moment, but it, it's a geographic one. It, it's largely symbolic in a lot of ways. It will go back to the states. I think folks will be surprised by states that uh, keep abortion. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're in all 50 states. We're, we've been making post-Roe plans for a number of years, basically once Kavanaugh was in. And, um, and, and it's, it's a great thing for, for our country. It's a, it's, it, it was a barbaric law. And 
we didn't ask for it. Women didn't vote on it. It was an all-male Supreme Court. A much more diverse group of justices are going to be the ones to overturn it than the ones who <laughs> gave us this bad law, ironically. Um, so it, it's it's very exciting, and it'll go to what social issues go to in our country, which is back to the states. And so you'll see uh, states either have a trigger law that will we'll have abortion forever, and we love it. Uh, we're going to be an abortion safe haven, or you'll have uh, you know places like uh, Texas that uh, it's banned immediately. And so um, we okay. shall see. I think it's going to. Uh, I think it's going to be upheld easily. I think these goofballs that are going out to the the justices' houses are are hurting themselves. Uh, they're only going to dig in, you know. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a very very uh, exciting time for the pro-life movement because we're ready and the abortion industry is not. They're very top heavy. They're very weak in the grassroots. We're very strong. And that's where this battle is going. Okay. Um, so I do want to talk about future strategy. I want to bust some of the myths that are being perpetrated out there, like abortion is going to be banned. And there's some weird ones. I'll get into those, but I have to ask you about this first. And I showed this on Monday. Um, this was a pro-life uh, organization up in Wisconsin where they wrote on the outside, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And to back that up, they firebombed the inside of their offices. Uh, this uh, spate of, of violence uh, that we're seeing, what you, you in today's climate should easily be called insurrectionists trying to overturn, you know, uh, uh, the Supreme Court decision, trying to intimidate the justices, there, there is a level of violence, and I know that the, that a lot of the media is shielding people from that violence, but if you do a little research and dig, you will see the violence. This is not an isolated incident. you got people disrupting church services. Uh, all you got to do is read some, some tweets, you know, and, and you'll see the violence is out there. Why, why do you think there's so much violence associated with the opposition? It's not even like banning abortion nationwide. It's, it's opposition to letting people decide. Yeah, you know, Alito in the opinion put, many in our country will think that the Supreme Court is is trying to control women. It's quite the opposite. For the first time, this issue is being removed from the court and handed to women and men in their states to decide. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's empowering women, uh, just showing how brilliant Alito is. Um, the, the arson, the all the threats, all the violence, it's not surprising. I think it's surprising when you when you see it around the race issue because Martin Luther King was a man of peace. You see it around uh, Obamacare, other issues where we, you know, when violence takes place, nobody's for it. They're all, you just lose everybody. But with abortion, I think it makes perfect sense. I don't like it. I don't want it. Uh, but I definitely expected it because violence is the bedrock of abortion. Uh, violence is required. Uh, for every single abortion that has ever taken place in the United States or anywhere else in, in America, it, it is a it is a violent act, not for the sake of healing, but for the sake of of killing very violently. Mm. And when you advocate for abortion, whether you like it or not, you are advocating for violence. <laughs> You're not advocating for restoration. You're not advocating for health care because health care heals and cures. A pregnancy is not a disease. And so when you advocate for abortion, you advocate uh, for violence. And, you know, we sent out a video today um, not talking about 
us believing that abortion is violent, but, but the experts and not the experts like politicians or, um, pro-life. or even pro-life doctors, but the, the unrepentant abortion doctors themselves, because they don't believe in the pie in the sky rhetoric of the corporate side of the abortion industry. They're, they do the dirty work and they know it. And so when they talk, it's very powerful because they describe abortion and they talk about how violent it is. And we, we have that video on our, on our YouTube page because they'll tell you what abortion is and what it isn't. And they'll tell you that it's violent and it has to be uh, in order to uh, end the life of the unborn child. So it, it, it's expected. I do think we may see a little bit more of a surge in the violence once they release the opinion, which could be tomorrow or it could be late june they may just wait late june because that's what they were planning anyways but then i think it'll go away then i think it'll go away uh and and they'll they'll move on but but yeah the violence is it's disturbing but it's not surprising yeah the uh leader of uh, you know long ago long ago in in a state i think it was when i lived in oklahoma i voted for a democrat he's a good good politician uh, i liked him he he was he was Great. So I voted for him. I, I I don't think I've ever voted for another Democrat because of this issue right here, because the Democrat Party has moved to uh, they've basically purged most pro-lifers out of the party to the point. And I, and I think people need to understand this because <laughs> our our, vo- our vote is our voice as Americans. Right. And in mo- seven, you know, most Western countries, your vote is your voice. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, they're voting today. This is the head, the leader of the Senate under the Democrat Party, right? At least until November. Um, They are voting today to codify a law that would allow abortion in every state up until the second of birth on demand. You don't need a medical, you don't need the life of the mother to be in jail. You just need to decide, you know what, I was scheduled I don't know, maybe I was scheduled to be induced today, but let's just go ahead and take take the child. Let's kill the child, right? Um, he wants that to be the law in every state in the land with the states having no say over it. So that to heck with the will of the people and democracy and voting and anything like that that they claim to uphold. Let's make this the forced law of the land. How... Mm, how how crazy are the Democrats? Would be one way to, to ask the question. But well, what are we? I mean, this is to me this is insane. Yeah, it, you're you're right. They've they've kind of married themselves to abortion. And any kind of pro life Democrat, they've been they're gone. There is no Democrat for normal people anymore. That's why they're so divided uh, internally. Um, but it's not only insane, as you said, to think about, you know, and in New York, they'll deny health care to a baby girl who survives an abortion. Um, it's also stupid politically. Uh, abortion is a loser. That's why we have Yunkin in Virginia. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, Trump's numbers really went up. He won a lot of pro-life people uh, when he debated Hillary and talked about the violence of abortion, described it on TV. No other presidential candidate had ever done that. Um, the pro-abortion platform politically is a loser when you get below the surface of, oh, I support a woman's right to choose, and then the media moves on. But now you can't do that because Rose overturned. So they have to answer these specific questions. That's why you hear these goofball, you know, politicians changing the subject. Next, they're going to come after 
fill in the blank. Biracial couples. Yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, Alito is going to leave D.C. and he's going to start arresting biracial couples around the country. I'm sure he plans on doing that by this weekend. It's just absurd. And that's what they're left with. If you spend 50 years denying science, denying reason, and denying God, which you have to deny all three to justify abortion, a very difficult task, you end up turning to violence, or you change the subject, or you say these absurd things, which I think is, is political posturing, but it's just stupid politics, because the pro-abortion stance doesn't win you a lot of votes. The pro-life stance does, because for us, it's life and death. But abortion advocates are much more passive on this issue than we are, and that's catching up to them this week. All right. Some some softball questions. I know the answers, but I want to get them out there for people that are watching to think about. Okay. First, fact. Let's let's take the social media fact checkers and put them in their place and actually give some real facts. When Roe versus Wade is overturned, will all abortions be outlawed? No. No. It will go back to the states, and states can decide. So if all 50 states want abortion through 40 weeks, they could have it. Hmm. Uh, if they want to ban abortion, they, they can ban it. Yeah. Um, so no, it goes back to the states. You know, the leak itself shows why the court needs to get out of this. And the division, which Alito put, this has divided our country since its inception. And that's no other case, gay marriage, Obamacare, you think of some of the heated cases we've had over the last decade, those weren't leaked. Like the process works, but abortion is so different. It's so different. And that is why um, the court needs to get out of the, get out and stay out of the dehumanization business. All right. Will contraception become illegal anywhere? No, <laughs> no. No. I, and you'll I, be able to go to baseball games and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, they're going to outlaw hot dogs next, you know. <laughs> right, right. And and somehow, uh, like you said, interracial couples, I, I, don't, I don't even understand the thread there. Now, I will ask this question because I do understand the thread here, uh, gay marriage, because mm -hmm. there was not a single state that voted for gay marriage even california voted against it the last twice. time they, they voted against it twice twice okay so is it possible that following the precedent of uh, the constitution you know powers that are not enumerated to the federal government in the constitution automatically revert back to the states gay marriage would be one marriage itself is not even in the constitution so we have no constitutional right to straight marriage you know uh it, it it's a it's a church or a state thing, a local thing. Is there, do you, I don't know, this is a little bit outside, but do you think there's a chance that, that the that gay marriage could go back to the states? Absolutely, yeah. And that, that there are reports of that, but that's, that is true. That is true. And like I said earlier, on these social issues, the Supreme Court redefining marriage. And I think the two are connected because once you can, um, redefine the fruit of marriage so that you can destroy it with abortion. You can certainly redefine the institution that is designed to produce that fruit. And so I think the two uh, are intertwined and there are a lot of people who say that they're uh, gay or homosexual who do not believe in, in gay marriage. 
I mean, that was very much of a political as one of the reasons it didn't pass in California twice. Now they can't say anything. They're totally silenced. But, you know, behind closed doors, they're like, well, well, I'm gay. I, I don't want to get married. You know, yeah. that's why I'm gay. You know, it's almost <laughs> they, they kind of have a sense of humor about it. And when you talk to them, they're like, that's like that's a political issue. Yeah. And, and, a, and a lot of pro-choice people who support abortion say, I'm for abortion, but I, I think Roe is bad law. And I think if the people in the backwoods people in Mississippi want to ban it, they should ban it. Mm. It's a bunch of Baptists. You know, what do I care? So you can't say that if you're pro-abortion, but you know the the gay marriage they just made it up. I mean, no civilization in the history of the world has done this, and our Supreme Court all of a sudden did it. So I think it gives hope for that that states could could decide that since now we're granting ourselves that authority to decide what marriage is. You know, it's very nice yeah. of us to do to ourselves. Well, we're reverting back to what the Constitution actually says, which right, it's pretty good. Pretty good place to start. Um, the uh, what what is going on? <laughs> I, I'm very curious about this, and this is a little bit of a tangent. But you, you're Catholic, yes? Yes. Okay. So is Nancy Pelosi, who came out on Mother's Day with a statement for abortion. My God, you have to have a child to, to be a mother. But anyway, um, <laughs> and President Biden, who calls Trump supporters the most dangerous people in the history of America, both Catholics. What's going on in the Catholic Church with your very? I mean, the president, the head of the Senate or the of uh, the House, rather, um, both claiming to be Catholics. Um, What's what's going on internally with the church? Because I love that the, the Catholic Church has been staunchly pro-life. I appreciate yeah. that. And and those are the teachings of the church. The church and and that never changes. It won't change. The Pope can't change it. it that that's never going to change. Um, and the church has been consistent with this on all levels of the dignity of the human person. Uh, as far as Biden and Pelosi, remember Catholicism invented a Christian scandal and we're, we're very good at it, you know? And so, so we're, it seems like we're trying to perfect it, but the, the public figures, and there are bishops that have publicly called out Biden there. I know there are ones that have pulled him aside, you know, <clears throat> but he's just wrong and he's an embarrassment to, to the Catholic church. And, you know, all these Catholic churches <clears throat> that got vandalized. And I know our parish in downtown Houston, took security precautions because it's a 200 year old church. It's the oldest active church of any denomination in Houston. Hmm. It's a historical marker. And, you know, we get threats all the time from, from uh, Antifa and, and all these secularists. Um, so, you know, I think that there, anytime abortion comes up, you attack the Catholic church, you attack the priesthood. Um, I guess some ways that that's a compliment, but we can't have it both ways. I saw a commentary that said that the Catholic church, um, wants to no institution has persecuted women more or locked more women up than the catholic church and you know you you can't we're, we get accused of that and then we get accused of worshiping mary you know so you can't have both like do we love women too much or do we hate women you know you can't you can't have it both ways and 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 i think that this is as a Catholic and a Christian at large, because there are other churches and pastors taking heat for sure, this is what we want to be persecuted by the world for. Mm. You know, when 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 the when the Catholic Church is involved in some public scandal, uh, or or uh, you know, with the sex abuse scandal, those are I understand those people. You know, those Catholic I understand those protests because we're not living up to that which the gospel calls us to. Right. 
But when we do live up to that in, in these times when, you know, Christianity has gotten so frail and weak, that's good. It just shows the powerful sign that basic stances uh, from the gospel on the dignity of the human person, they go a long way mm -hmm. in our secular culture. And so I, I think the hostility, you know, they're upset that we Christians just haven't gone away uh, in America. And you're hearing a lot of that this week. Yeah, yeah. Stay strong, my friends. Stay strong. Okay. I want to show people your book, by the way. Uh, this is What to Say When uh, by Sean Carney uh, with Steve Carlin as well. He's been on the program. Uh, and I bring this up. Uh, because it's a great guide for anyone who wants to be more educated uh, and perhaps, perhaps even more vocal because the the tendency, I know, I know a lot of good, strong pro-life Christians, good people, but when this topic comes up, they know the anger and the passion that, that surrounds it. And so they, they don't, maybe they don't like conflict, you know, maybe they feel a little insecure about how to argue because they don't, they don't, my wife hates arguing stuff like this. Right. Um, but how do we, 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 I think we have to engage and, and I think the difficulty people have is, is engaging in a way where they don't look foolish. They, they don't get angry themselves, you know, uh, but yet you've got a great guy. It, what, what are some, maybe some starting points for people that say, you know, I want to have a stronger position on this. I just don't know how. Yeah, that's why we wrote the book. It's a it's a 200 pages. It's short. And we tell you exactly what to say when, which is the title. And we also have a chapter on what not to say. <laughs> and, it, you know, we've gotten great feedback. That book exploded. It became the number one Christian apologetics book, uh, our number two, when we released it to our surprise because this comes up a lot. It's coming up a lot now. And what people need to know is, number one, don't judge before the conversation starts. Don't think, well, that person's going to get mad because abortion comes up. That's not true. Uh, number two, we need to know, not in an arrogance, but you need to know going into these conversations. It doesn't matter if it's a Planned Parenthood worker or if it's your aunt or if it's somebody from work. They don't know what they're talking about. This this is the only five decade old issue where one side has gotten into the nitty gritty and talked about it and covered every aspect of the issue and the other side has just ignored it under this vague rhetoric. They don't know what they're talking about and that's why that's why you you see the, some of the comments that you see uh, this week with with Roe being overturned and so. Our opening chapter is go on offense, not aggressively to win arguments. You, you should never argue. You, you don't have to. You can ask questions. You can listen. And that goes a long way. And we, we take you through that because <clears throat> life actually doesn't need defending. Yeah, we say that because it's the easiest phrase to use. <clears throat> but we don't have to defend why we threw our 10-year-old a birthday party. You know, we don't have to defend why, uh, you know, we, we dance with our daughters in the kitchen. Uh, or we, you know, let the kids stay up till midnight on New Year's Eve, you know, and <laughs> we celebrate with them. Those are all fun. That's life. That is life. We don't have to justify why we cry when when someone loses a child. We don't have to justify that. Abortion requires constant justification, and the people who support it have no idea how to justify it. And and that will come out in plain conversation. That's why the book is simple and it's to the point, And we cover every aspect the the old arguments of we have you know my body my choice rape 
overpopulation, is abortion healthcare, all of the things you hear all the time. But we also have these new bizarre uh, phrases, which I think was spray painted on one of the pregnancy centers here in Texas, uh, forced birth, which yeah, is a thing. That is wild. And do you, do you know what forced birth is? Uh, I, 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 I don't I, either. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and neither do they. So neither do they. So I was actually in an interview and, and the guy was like, man, you're good at answering these questions and blah, blah, blah. And I liked the book and he supported abortion. But he said, but what about forced birth? You know, and it was like, dun, dun, dun. And I laughed and I said, what is forced birth? And he said, well, I don't know. I saw it on the internet. <laughs> it was an honest reporter, but uh, the book is a huge confidence builder, and 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 it's to win hearts and minds and souls. That 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 is the way it's designed. It the, winning an argument on abortion is easy. Uh, a ten year old could do it, but intellectually, this takes no effort. This is basic, okay. And but winning them over with the heart uh, and the mind is something we've done on the street. It's something we've done with with Planned Parenthood workers. And these arguments are, are proven. And these approaches are proven. I'm guessing forced birth is saying that if you're pregnant, you, you have to have the baby, which I, I, it's a little weird because it's, it's, it's as if women are spontaneously pregnant. Uh, yeah, it, it's because for, birth, birth is never forced. It, it's a natural part of, of human life. You don't, you don't have forced lunch. You don't have forced... <laughs> you know, uh, uh, two-year-old birthday parties. Uh, giving birth is a process that we all went through. Yeah. We, we already, we already existed. Um, we, you know, it, it, you can't force a heartbeat. Um, and so they use this, like, I can't have an abortion. Therefore you're forcing me right. to give birth. Right. Well, okay. So out, outside of rape where the pregnancy is definitely not chosen um, which is forced conception forced yeah. conception yes right so I I, I I guess I could make the case not that I want to but I could make the case that forced birth would be followed by or would follow forced conception uh, and, and let me ask you how, how of the abortions do we know how many of them are um, due to rape it's less than 1% for rape and incest and in what to say when one of the things that we tell the reader never to say is, oh, it's not that many <laughs> because we don't disregard mm. those women. And we've worked with a lot of rape victims mm. and we've worked with rape victims who chose life and we've worked with rape victims who chose abortion. And we break down the two. It's very interesting mm. when you actually listen to the women and not the talking points, the women who were victims of rape and chose life versus the women who were victims of rape and, and had an abortion, uh, you know, the, the, the abortion reminds them of the rape and the rape reminds them of the abortion at two anniversaries. So it, it's very interesting when you talk to them and you get to know them. Um, the, the chapter on rape, since that's the, that's coming out. I mean, right. Hmm. You're at yeah. work and they're like, you want to, you, you want to force uh, a 14 year old rape victim to have a baby. Uh, that's going to be right out of the gate when abortion comes up. The chapter we've gotten the most positive feedback on is the rape chapter. Hmm. Um, and so that alone is is worth getting the book. And we give you exactly what to say and what not to say. And, and some of the things that come up in those conversations that they won't acknowledge. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, we're, 
we're all we also give some examples of you never get away from being the product of your conception whether your parents were unmarried whether your parents were were chased and got married and lost their virginity on their honeymoon in paris and then you appeared out of nowhere and the <laughs> angels rejoice your life isn't given dignity based on the circumstances of your conception yeah well and i mean so, so you know my, my dad the man who adopted me james robinson uh the victim of a of a forced uh, uh you could call it date rape i think would be the way we would phrase it yeah. now um and she you know sought an abortion the doctor said no because it was 1943 um and and he's here and you think about here's here's my here's probably my biggest difficulty um and and, and i feel for any woman i mean i know i'm not a woman but that doesn't mean i'm ignorant of the pain uh of an unplanned pregnancy you know uh or even even a crime um it's just there's another life there's another person involved there and, and should they pay the ultimate penalty for someone else's mistake yeah. or crime or decision I, I just yeah we we never punish the we never punish children for the for the their father being a, a criminal um one of the lies though to keep the focus on the the woman when in regards to rape is ab abortion doesn't heal anything it, it's not designed for that there's this sort of secular panic that you were raped you need an abortion and it's going to go away and that is a lie that is a huge lie it is traumatic having an abortion it is it is absolutely awful and the women who are victims of rape typically are pro-life or kind of halfway pro-life and they think well this is the exception and my own mom or whoever is telling me to do it but when they're at the clinic and they make the appointment and they're going in the back room for an abortion the, the pro-choicers ignore that traumatic experience of, mm. I don't even believe in this. I'm just doing it because everybody says this is the responsible thing. So forget the humanity of the baby and the fact that you have to kill this baby uh, because he, he or she was conceived in rape. But, but also, you're selling this lie to the woman that this is going to solve her problems. It's a get out of jail free card, and it's not. Mm. It's not for the rape, and it's not for the abortion itself. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's that's less than one percent. Uh, and the ninety nine percent we're talking about are people that just elect to because they view it as birth control. Uh, and it's it's that's where and I think it's easy to win. You can only do it, and this is the big picture, and this is the pro. This is how we've got ourselves into this mess. You can only do all this and have these conversations if you legally dehumanize a segment of your population. Mm. And the Supreme Court's done it twice. The first, color of their skin. Yep. The second, their size and location. And that's why the Supreme Court needs to get out and stay out of the dehumanization business. Anytime a segment of a population, Nazi law did it to Jews, anytime that group is dehumanized, most of the people kind of passively go along with it, mm -hmm. you know? Well, it's legal. And that is that is interesting about your point with the Democrats, because I think a lot of people will say they relied on Roe and they'll say, you know, I don't know. I, I've, I'm liberal or whatever, but I, I've never been uncomfortable. I, I've never been comfortable with abortion. I've got my niece or my grandkid on the fridge with the ultrasound. Right. I just, Supreme Court did it. I'm fine with it. And let's move on. Yeah. Kind of gives you, kind of gives you cover. Uh, for, for not being really in a lot of cases fully honest or living up to 
your professed beliefs. I love the, the, well, I would never do it, but I don't want to tell someone else they can't. I mean, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> said the pro-slavery Northerners, uh, you know, it's like, well, I would never own slaves. I probably, I don't need them, but I live in an apartment in Boston. I don't have a hundred acres in Alabama. If he needs slaves, let him have slaves, which, you know, which and, was the attitude very much, which so. was the attitude. Absolutely. And it was, it was the same argument and they entered states rights. Um, but you know, when Howard Stern commented the next day, the Supreme Court justices that are overturning Roe should be forced to raise all these unwanted children, yeah. you know, Thanks. which is actually an accurate <laughs> statement, right? Move their children. Um, I mean, that's the, the, that's the, that's the, you know, you Northerners want to end slavery. You should have to hire one. You know, yeah, it, right. it's the same mentality. <laughs> that this is a, a parallel that we Americans and we've we've kind of s- switched out the words, but this is why it's very very dangerous. Um, except we have all benefited from not being aborted, and yet we're deciding the fate of millions of children. So last thing I want to deal with because uh, this this does come up very very quickly, uh, and it's a comment by Lucinda on YouTube at the moment. She says there are many circumstances. Unless you've been there, you can never understand. And I'm not sure what the the implied message is quite there. I may be misreading it. But what you get, especially to men, is you're not a woman you can't understand. Or, you know, you, you've never faced this circumstance you can't understand. And I understand the sentiment of that. But I, I don't think from... Uh, in an intellectual standpoint, from a moral standpoint, and actually from an empathy standpoint, that you have to be in a circumstance to to un, to have a position on it or to even empathize with it. But case in point, um, I've never I've never been Jewish, you know, but I know that it's wrong to exterminate, try to exterminate an entire group of people. I've never been black. I know that slavery is is wrong. Uh, I've never been a woman or been pregnant because I can define a woman, unlike the latest Supreme Court nominee, um, and I cannot get pregnant, despite what people may be telling us in kindergarten these days. Um, but I can still say that that's a life, right? Yeah, I mean that that can. There's two things there. It, that can justify anything. Um, I can say, well, you don't understand because you've never been in my shoes that I really do understand. You know, so it, it, it's a little bit of a contradiction, but that phrase, you never, until you walked a country mile in their shoes, you never know. Um, well, then there's, that's just the height of relativism. Then we, we don't have to stop at stop signs. We can drive drunk all day. We can let women, pregnant women on roller coasters, which we don't do now. Um, you know, we can we can beat our wives, you know, and somebody tells us it's wrong. We say, until you've walked in my shoes, until you've come home to her, yeah. you, you don't tell me what to do. Uh, but the other part of that is uh, I don't understand what it's like to be pregnant, uh, but I I do understand what these women go through because we work, we've worked with tens of thousands of them. And I understand why women have abortions. Mm. I don't sit there with my hands up going, how in the world could you... Quite the opposite. I understand why they have an abortion. I understand because it's legal. 
they don't feel like they have freedom of choice. They feel like they have no freedom and no choice. They're totally alone. Their boyfriend could be a loser or abusive or both. Their parents could be even worse in forcing them to have an abortion. I understand why women have abortions, um, the many reasons. Um, I think that they have been sold a bill of goods and it is absolute uh, scam what these feminists have done um, to, to these women. And they have to live with it. There's no follow-up appointment with an abortion. They have to live with it. And, and it, is a, it is a sad, sad road. And so I think it's a little bit of a cop-out to say, well, until you've been in their position, you can't tell them what to do because we don't believe anyone has the right to take the life of another person. And so it's why we put drunk drivers in prison. It's why we put murderers in prison. Um, we, we don't. That there's, as you said, there's a there has to be a, an absolute standard uh, under the law, yeah. and that's why we ended slavery, and that's why we went to Europe and yeah. won the war. Yep, and you're not suggesting that women who have had abortions be be put in jail or anything like that. No, just just for no. clarity. Yeah, just for clarity. Yeah, Sean <laughs> Carney, bailing me out. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the conversation. We can go on, Lucinda. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I, I I so we, she's coming at the tail end of the conversation. Uh, she's had an abortion, uh, and where do you send women who have had an abortion? Because I I want to be very very clear that you and I both. Um, we're not here to shame a woman who has made the decision in the past. We would actually no, it, want her to find healing for that. Where would you point them? In, in a lot of ways, we're, we're the outsiders. I mean, even as a pro-life leader, you know, that's what's beautiful about our movement is, is people like her and, and the, the hundreds of thousands of millions of other women who have had an abortion who have spoken out. Our movement's not led by self-righteous pastors or Christians wagging their finger, quite the opposite. The March for Life is led by women who have had abortions, hmm. uh, doctors who have done abortions. Hmm. Uh, we have a, a former abortion doctor on our staff. Uh, we're a move. We're not a movement with some disconnected, you know, feeling to this issue. Like we're in a in a tower preaching theology. Uh, this is a movement of converts and of sinners and and of hope. We've we've been in the dirt of abortion, and that's why we know that it's bad. And so, um, where should you know, she go? The, where, where she should she should she should google her closest either uh there's rachel's vineyard which is a beautiful interdenominational retreat for women who uh have have had an abortion it's private it's confidential it's proven it's decades old uh and then there there are a number of of post-abortive retreats i would google that depending on where she is and and go and and and, and get healing or continue your journey uh, to get healing. Because the other lie is that it's it's done, there's nothing you can do and look at what kind of person you are and look, you know, the shame of the world and the guilt of the world is not something you have to carry. Uh, it, it can be lifted through Jesus Christ and, and millions of women have, have gone through that beautiful healing experience. Yep, and Lucinda, just know that that is our desire for you, healing, wholeness, uh, and over on Facebook, Yvonne is saying, I had two abortions when I was 14 and 16. It tormented me for years, mm. got into heavy drugs to cover up the pain. Only Jesus can take the pain. Uh, and Amen. So if you are suffering pain uh, post-abortive, uh, as Sean said, find someone to, to talk to who's been there. We're not here to judge you. We do think it is wrong 
but we say that about all sin and we all are repentant of our sin and and so we're all moving the same direction when we invite you to move the same direction which is which is towards christ which is towards wholeness and the the devil does that right Mm -hmm. he's tempter how are you going to raise this baby what are you going to do all your circumstances and then right when someone has an abortion or any sin for that matter he's the prosecutor yeah look at you you call yourself a christian you're a terrible person and that's why we have to cling to to the cross Yep. All right, Sean, I got to let you go. I so much appreciate your time. Stay strong. Keep fighting the good fight. I appreciate you a bunch. Uh, I'll point people towards 40daysforlife.com if you want to find out more about the uh, Sean's organization, what they're doing, how you can be involved, where you can find healing perhaps, and, of course, what to say when, a nice guide to help spark a conversation that is constructive, not just you know, ranting like the worst people that you've seen out there. Um, We don't want to be those. We want to be agents of of healing and wholeness and truth and grace. So appreciate all you guys hanging out, watching. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. We have an opportunity to make America a better nation. All we say to America Be true to what you said on paper